Kim here. This episode is going to be, uh, it's just me. Uh, There's no one else that's going to be on this show this week. Uh, The reason being is I really need my family to understand what we're going through and what is happening. And there's no other lens that I personally can look through. I, I can't look through this world through a worldly lens. I have to look through this lens through a biblical lens. And with that being said, as you all know, my stance, I believe in pre-trib, and I'm not here to debate that. Um, if you want to believe in another tr- rapture view fine it still doesn't make sense biblically but if that's where you stand then you believe whatever you want to believe um i on the other hand i'm going to believe in my blessed hope and know for a fact that we are not appointed to god's wrath which is replete throughout the bible that we're not so again that is not a pre-debate but that's what i believe in a pre-tribulational view means that the church will be raptured, as we read in many passages, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians. Uh, We can also take uh, John chapter 4. We can also take Revelation chapter 4. Maybe it's John 14. Um, Regarding being gone before the tribulation happens. The tribulation is called the time of Jacob's trouble, not the time of the church's trouble. And the confusion comes in because people don't understand that for the rapture, Jesus comes in the air, we go up, and then for the second coming, he comes down on the ground and we come with him. So until you understand the difference between a rapture, which is not Jesus coming physically to earth, and you understand the second coming, then maybe your eschatology will fall into place. With that being said, wow are we not in some amazingly odd times for the unbeliever you're probably fearful and you don't know what tomorrow holds today the mask tomorrow the vaccine right today somewhat free speech tomorrow it's gone we're all talking about this election coming up in november as if if Trump is reelected, that everything will go back to normal. Trump is not the savior of the world. Joe Biden certainly wouldn't be. So it doesn't matter who's in office. Jesus is still on the throne. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I feel like I'm, I, I'm preaching to the dead. Because nobody's listening, nobody's paying attention, nobody's understanding the gravity of what is happening in this world. And God is is showing us literally what is in this Bible. What is in here is being 
the stage is being set. But nobody wants to believe this. Nobody wants to open this up. We still want to base it on the Trump card. And again, I, I'm a Trump supporter. I bleed red, white, and blue. Not literally, but I'm a patriot. I love this nation. I grieve over this nation. But Trump is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And it just seems like every day there's something else going on in this wicked, perverse world. Today it's conspiracy over Wayfair, which I totally believe in the perverse Hollywood. But yet, hey, 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 listen to me. You're watching those movies still, aren't you? Yeah, you are. You're spending that money when the movie theaters were open. Oh, yeah, you are. So who are you to judge them? You're putting the money, you're lining their pockets with money. That's what you call a hypocrite. I haven't been to a movie. The last movie I, had ever, I have ever seen is called The Suicide Squad. And what was that? A gazillion and one years ago. Why am I going to put money in the pockets of the perverse? You're to blame. Sorry. Yep, I went there. So stop complaining and start doing. Right? We're all a bunch of talkative people, but nobody's putting anything into action. Nobody. Let me lower the volume on my phone here. So anyway, we all know Hollywood's perverse, but you keep giving. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. So we read in Daniel chapter, uh, Daniel chapter nine about someone who's going to come on the scene and rule. For seven years after a peace treaty is signed. We read about a war in Ezekiel 38 that's going to happen. So let me explain something here in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. It says 70 weeks have been decreed for your people. Daniel is talking to who? Or well the angel is talking to Daniel. Who are Daniel's people? Daniel's people is not the church. Your people would be the Jews, Israel, Jacob. And your holy city. What's our holy city as a church? We don't have a holy city as a church. To finish the transgression, to make an end to sin, to make an atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So there, there, 70 weeks is still 70 weeks that were waiting to be fulfilled. 69 of those 70 have been fulfilled. And it, it describes that. I'm not going to go into that, but verse 26, it talks about the Messiah being cut off. That's Jesus and his crucifixion. And then in verse 27, Daniel 9 Verse 27, and he, the Antichrist, will make a firm covenant with many for one week, meaning seven years. That's the tribulation. But in the middle, so again, if the church is involved in this and we're supposed to be here for the first half, would not the angel say something like, and Daniel, um, this Antichrist will make a firm covenant with many, uh, really just... I don't know how to explain this, Daniel. It's kind of confusing. 
but down the road, there's going to be this thing called the church. And um, so he'll make a covenant with them too. But then in the middle, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I can't even make it make sense. But in the middle of the week, so in the middle of the three and a half years after this Antichrist makes a pact with Israel and their nations and they confirm a covenant, in the middle, he will put a stop to a sacrifice and grain offering. Again, what, what does this have to do with the church? Since when does the church sacrifice and do grain offerings? We don't. We never have and we never will, right? Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate. Again, that's the Antichrist. Even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed, it is poured out on the one who makes desolate. And in Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, he also describes who the Antichrist is, and we won't get into that. You can do that research yourself. Um, but I will tell you this much. He will have a 10-kingdom confederate. Out of those 10 kingdoms, three will do something, and he will kill them. So basically, he will have seven years. In Revelation 13, it talks about this Antichrist and his system. So as I said before, the mask is a prequel to the mark. Everyone is lining up to buy something. Everyone is going in stores to buy. They put on that mask so quickly, without hesitation. They're obeying a mandate. And they don't even know their rights. Hmm. So Revelation 13, they talk about the beast. They worshipped Satan. So there's going to be Satan worship, literally. Because Satan gave authority to this beast. They praise the beast. Who's able to stand against him? Who can, who can make war against this beast? And you'll find out when it's Jesus. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. Now, let me step back a little bit. When this man first comes on the scene, he comes with a pseudo peace. Comes peaceful. This isn't him in the beginning. He's got to sway you, and clearly we can see how easy you guys can be swayed because you plug on a mask, a piece of cloth, and you adhere to mandates that don't even make sense. So anyway, it was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. So literally the devil incarnates this Antichrist, and that's when he flips and also, we just went red in Daniel. So it's when he, after he commits the abomination of desolation is when Satan indwells. But verse 8 of Revelation 13, all who dwell on earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. And then it talks about the false prophet. And he exercises all of the authority of the first beast in his presence. So the false prophet has power, but it's definitely not the Antichrist. The Antichrist will be worshipped because the false prophet will deceive many. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which had been given to him before him in the presence of the beast. 
And then the false prophet is told to make an image of the beast. And if you don't worship that image, you will die by the sword. And that image has a breath of life into him. He speaks, he does something, because that's what it says. And it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So whatever this image is, it will literally come to life and kill you. This is where I want you to sit here with me for a minute. And he causes all, not half, not some, all. The small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Hmm. They'll be given a mask and you can't buy without the mask. You'll be given a mark and you can't buy without the mark. I, I'm not making this up. There you go. It's right there in the pages of God's word. I don't know. Everything else in the Bible has come true. But for some reason, people think Revelation is a, is a what? Is a fake book in the Bible? It hasn't happened. <laughs> so got to come true and is that stage not set and he provides verse 17 and he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mask i'm sorry i mean mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So it's either the mark is going to be either the name of the beast, which we don't know who the Antichrist is. He's definitely not someone that we know. He's definitely not going to be some popular politician because he's a little horn. He's not a big horn. He's a little horn. So he just comes out of literally nowhere. But he will deceive, kind of like a Barack Hussein Obama who came out of nowhere and deceived so many people. Hmm. Or the number of his name. So whatever the number of the beast is, which is clearly in the next verse. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Okay. So, there's many Christians out there today who think that we're in the kingdom or we need to bring the kingdom in. I want to talk about that real quick. There is no such thing as kingdom now theology. How's that working out for you? How's that Bethel Nar nonsense working out for you? Hmm. Just shared a video the other day about Bill Johnson and his heretic group of people there, his hellbound group of people. Some lady came up, a prophetess. Ooh, she's a prophetess. Oh, I'm so scared. And she had a stick and she quoted from the Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, yeah. 
God's certainly going to use a Hollywood movie to get his point across, said no one ever. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do. From your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over a hundred thousand podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. And she bangs a stick and chants something. I don't even remember. It was a whole bunch of hogwash nonsense. And yet people still are not paying attention. Rapture day is upon us and these false teachers are still spewing nonsense. Anyway, so kingdom now theology means that the church, God needs us. God needs us sinful, wretched people to help him bring in the church. What kind of nonsense is that? Come on. God doesn't need us. God literally can decimate every single one of us. Sorry. So anyway, kingdom now theology is a crock of bull. We're not in the kingdom. It's a pretty crappy kingdom, don't you think? <laughs> if this is the kingdom, really? No, I'll wait till Jesus reigns and rules on his throne of David in the millennial reign. That's what I'll wait for. But until then, the Bible tells me that things will wax worse and worse. You can see I'm, I'm not a festive podcast this week, that's for sure. But it's time that we wake up. It's time that we open God's word. Literally, it is written. It's replete through this scripture. And I'm going to show you now from Genesis to Revelation, the wickedness of man. Jeremiah 17, 9, our heart is deceptively wicked. We're not good people. We're just not. We're not good people. 
So let's go back all the way to the beginning. Genesis, complete perfection, right? God dwelled with man, God walked with man in the cool of the day. They lacked nothing. They even walked around naked because they had no shame. They had no idea that they were naked, right? I don't think many of us, myself included, could walk around the earth naked and be like, hey, this sounds good with this. This is great. This is fantastic. Would never happen. <laughs> I don't even care if I was a size two. It would never happen. No one who was normal would walk around naked. Sorry if you're a nudist, but that's just stupid. So in Genesis, complete perfection. God walked with man. I'm reading the notes so I don't digress. Because clearly I do that. Adam and Eve, sinless. Well, they weren't. Eve was not called Eve then. So Adam and woman were sinless. Animals roamed. They didn't need to kill an animal. Animals were vegans. They were vegans. Believe me, I'm not promoting veganism. That's another sign of the end, but we won't go there either. Then the measly serpent came in. We all know the story. Deceived Eve while Adam watched. And then everything was cursed from literally from that second that she bit the fruit. I know people think it's an apple. It's a fruit. We don't know what kind of fruit. It could be a pomegranate. We don't know what kind of fruit it was, but it was a fruit. It wasn't an apple. And in that moment, they noticed their nakedness. Wow. But yet God in his grace and his mercy, right? What did God do? He killed an animal. Hmm, I think that would be the first sacrifice, right? Kind of setting the stage of what is to come. And he clothed them. That's a God of grace. Even though Adam and woman, in one quick bite, pun intended, ruined the human race, ruined perfection. And God, being the loving God that he was, said, I'll make that first sacrifice. I'll kill that lamb. Or whatever animal it was, right? And I will clothe you. So let's talk about the progression of this evil world. And I'm going to blink fast anytime I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> Woman is now called Eve. She gives birth to a son, Cain. She gives birth to another son, Abel. Over a sacrifice that was brought to the Lord, jealousy aroused Cain. And because of that, one day walking in the wilderness, he took a rock. Because Abel's sacrifice was more pleasant and appealing to God. And he killed his brother. 
time went on, Seth was born, and from Seth came Noah in genealogy. So Noah was a man of righteousness. He preached for 120 years that it would rain. Clearly reading the word, I, I, I don't think it ever rained before then. There might have been this mist, this divide or something, but it never truly rained. So I'm sure he got laughed at, he got mocked at, and I'm sure there's a lot of us believers, myself included, we get laughed at, we get mocked at, we don't, nobody listens to us. They think we're crazy, tinfoil hat, born-again believers. Jesus freaks. Oh gosh, don't talk to Kim, she's a Jesus freak. So the flood came. Now I want you to catch this, because in my study this morning, this is why I decided to record this podcast that would be uploaded in a couple of weeks. So after the flood, after humankind, mankind was decimated, the only people who survived were eight people, Noah and his family. The animals that survived were in sevens that were clean, and then two of the unclean. So after the flood, again, let's keep this in context. I'm trying to show you the evil condition of man's heart. So from Cain killing Abel, he was jealous because Abel had a better sacrifice to God. God approved of Abel's sacrifice, did not approve of Cain's. Then after the flood, and you can do your own research on this, um, there's debate, and I'm not here for debate. I'm just here to show you through, through the biblical lens that we're all evil people. So Noah had three sons, right? Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Clearly, if you look at all of their descendants and you take the countries and you look at a map today and you dissect who is who, you can clearly see that from Noah's three sons come the races that we have today, the mix of people. Um, Ham, his son, Canaan, right? Um, if you look at the descendants of Canaan, they're, uh, um, I, hold on, I have it all written here, and I, I don't want to mess it up. Um, hold, please. Thank you. Um, dun, dun, dun. So from Japheth, let's start from the first son, right? So you have Gomar, Magog, Tubal, I'm, I'm not pronouncing all the names, I'm skipping a lot. Uh, Meshach, um, that's like the Anglo, the, the Russians, um, the, the, the wider people, per se. Then you have Ham, right? They were Egyptians, Libyans, Lebanon, that's the land today in, in those countries. You've got Cush, Put, Canaan. Um, Nimrod, that's, uh, Nimrod came from Cush, which is a descendant of Ham. So 
Nimrod, which I'm going to get into and I don't want to jump ahead. Um, anyway, Nimrod's important in the Bible and he came from the descendant of Ham. So he came from Cush, which is, um, a son of Ham. And then you have Shem. Um, that's where, um, you got Sheba. So that's kind of pretty much in that same area. Some of it branches uh, to the Asian parts. And um, if you read about that, um, so Shem, I believe, Terah, let me see if I'm right on that. Um, yes, from the line of Shem came Abraham because that's where Abraham came from and we all know the story of Abraham. So anyway, after the flood, Noah had his three sons and his three sons, right? And, and, and daughters. Of, um, and I'm sorry, Noah had his sons and then the sons' wives. So the story in the Bible is Ham, okay, saw his father's nakedness. There's a lot of debate on what that means. Um, but then when Japheth and Shem, they walked in backwards to cover their father's nakedness. That's why Ham, why wasn't he cursed? Actually, it was the descendants of his son Canaan was cursed. Okay. So again, after a great mighty flood, they're in this boat for 40 days and 40 nights. The earth is literally flooded with water. You would think, I don't know, the world literally was just flooded, but let me go rape my dad. Let me go molest my father. Let me go ahead and perform molestation on my dad. The wickedness of man's heart. Then we get to... Abraham. And again, I think that's why genealogy is important in the Bible. I know we as Gentiles really don't care about that, but when you're trying to articulate a progression in history, um, genealogy does come into play. So um, when Abram, right, you had Abraham and Lot. So Lot, Abraham, Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. So then Abraham's dad, I'm sorry, Abraham's brother, Haran, um, he, he was the father of Lot. Okay. Then we get into the story of Lot. So Again, progression, Genesis, Adam and Eve, they fell. Sin entered the world. The ground was cursed. Everything about it was cursed. The, the devil, everything that we see in life was cursed. Um, and from that point forward, the devil has been trying to just decimate everything that we know. So we know the story of... Sodom and Gomorrah. Again, however you feel about that, that's biblical. Okay, the, the men, they're Sodomites in Sodom and Gomorrah. They literally wanted to rape the male angels. 
and Lot offered up his daughters. Okay? These men were perverts, sodomites in Sodom and Gomorrah. God does not look lightly on homosexuality. If that offends you, I am so sorry, but the truth must be told. You weren't born that way because then you can stand before God and say, well, God, how can you judge me if you made me this way? You are calling God a liar that he is not. It is just a sexual sin, just like heterosexual is a sin outside of marriage, so is homosexuality. You just prefer a different gender. But you're still deceived by a sexual sin against God. So then Sodom and Gomorrah happens, right? They fled fire and brimstone we know the story about lot's wife she turned around to look because i just missed this place so much i miss the evil and i miss the sin i want to go back to that that's literally what she did when she turned around the evilness in her heart said i want that i don't want to look forward i want to look behind because i miss that and she was turned to a pillar of salt so let's push forward shall we Sodom and Gomorrah, rain down fire and brimstone. Literally, do your research on that city today. You can see archaeological, sometimes words and me, we don't mix on these podcasts. But in normal conversation, I speak fine. It's so weird. Anyway. So Lot's daughters, literally... Hold on, let me get to that part too. It says, hold please. Okay. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. What that meant is Abraham was crying out to God previously you know, Lord, if there's 100 righteous, 50, 10, 5, whatever, and clearly there was no one righteous but Lot, and he removed Lot and his two daughters. So Lot went up from Zoar and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar, and he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. It just got done raining fire and brimstone upon a city. The daughters clearly saw that. Jeremiah 17, 9, our heart is deceptively wicked. Who can stand it? Then the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of the earth. Come. Let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know. See, that's the difference. When we go back to the story of Noah, it says in there, Noah did know what happened. So that would just lead me to believe it. If it was a mocking of Noah and his nakedness, I don't think God would have expelled um, 
Canaan and his descendants. Um, that's why I believe it was some form of molestation, incest, or whatever. Um, on the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him that we may preserve our family. So anyway, the other, the other daughter did it as well. And then from those um, encounters with their dad, after their city had just fire and brimstone raining down, the wickedness of their heart raped their own father. And the first bore a son and called his name Moab, the Moabites. And the other one, she had um, a son and called him Benamiah. He's the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. So we live in such a special place. And that literally is just the first 19 chapters of Genesis. <laughs> That's it. Just right there in the first 19 chapters. And then from here on out, it's replete with more disrespect and disobedience. I don't know. I think God's had enough, don't you think? So then Abraham, right? He was promised to have a nation and this blessing and it wasn't happening and they were getting old in age and Sarai said to Abram, hey, listen, I need me a child. I don't know what's happening. So I need you to go sleep with the, the maid. And uh, he did. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be real. If your wife's going to give you permission to cheat, I think most men would do that. And Hagar bore a son and his name was Ishmael. And then, as we know the story, Abraham and Sarah, they had a son, and that is where the um, divinic bloodline starts, right? From Isaac. Um, so Ishmael and Isaac, it is the reason the Middle East is in the state that it's in today, and it will never end until the end of the age really until the end of the tribulation and um but that will always be there so ishmael and isaac ishmael was also blessed i mean it's very it's clear in the bible that god blessed him as well and then it just goes on story after story in the bible but let's go back for a little bit so the story of Nimrod is also very important. Sorry for the noise. I have to move these cords around. So we all know that the wicked left and even the wicked Republicans, some of them, want to set up what's called a global government. This isn't fake. This isn't something. I mean, it is something out of the Bible. But it literally is something that people have always wanted since the beginning of time. Literally the beginning of time. <laughs> so read story Genesis. You can read it yourself. So Nimrod, who we just read, is a descendant of Ham. Ham, again, molested his dad. Nimrod, the Tower of Babel, Babel, right? People say it two different ways. And they built a tower where everybody would speak the same language. Everybody would be one with that. Everybody would worship that one God. Oh, perfect utopia. 
The thing is, God's always wanted nations. God's always wanted people to speak English, to speak Russian, to speak Arabic, to speak Korean, Portuguese. He didn't want just one nation. God never wanted just one global government. The one global ruler who's going to come, his name is Jesus Christ, and his time is not coming yet. I mean, it is. We can clearly see that. What I mean is he's not here yet. So when that happens, that's when we're going to have a one world ruler. So anyway, Nimrod decides to build this tower. And God quickly confused their language where they couldn't understand one another. Hmm. You think God was trying to prove a point? But see, the nature of what has to happen, the progression of what has to happen now, is when the rapture happens and millions disappear, there will be a global leader. There's someone, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, It's legit. It's real. He has been asking for a global leader to come on the scene to help with this corona thing. Everything that we are reading in Revelation is being unfolded, literally, page by page, is just being rolled out. One world currency. Cash is no good. Coin shortage. There's no coin shortage, but if you want to believe it, then go ahead. I can give them all the coins that I have in my car one world religion one world government if you do not think that government officials here in the u.s and i'm talking about even a republican president before barack hussein obama i refuse to ever call that man with the p before his name i refuse he was a useless doggy doo-doo leader he does not get the honor and respect out of my mouth to ever call him that never so president bush his dad his dad talked about nwo what back in 1996 1992 whatever that year was they all have a global agenda and as we know trump is against that agenda but Trump is still not the savior at all. God just put him into play so we could open our eyes and look around and see that our time is limited, that we're running out of time. Yeah, it's not a joyful podcast this week. I'm sorry. It's not. You know, as I, as I said on Facebook before, it starts with the mask mandate. No one here in my county gives pushback, you know, and I unfortunately, you know, I can't lose my job. It's my livelihood. And uh, regardless of a medical condition, clearly it doesn't matter. But in order to buy, in order to want to go out to eat, you put on a stupid mask. 
and you adhere to the rules and you don't fight back. What kind of American are you? Seriously. You're living in fear of a virus that has a 99.4 survival rate. It's actually higher now than it was when it first came out. And even when it first came out, it had a 98% survival rate. The flu, literally, influenza right now has killed more people nationwide than COVID has. And yet you're buying into the Kool-Aid. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. You are. And we're all talking about how Trump is going to save everything. Trump's not going to save anything. Only Jesus is. So I'm not saying don't go out and vote. If Lord willing, if we're here in November, my gosh, I know I am. But even if he wins, there's going to be chaos and pandemonium. And if Joe Biden wins, there's going to be complete chaos and pandemonium. And when the rapture happens, there's going to be complete chaos and pandemonium. So what I'm asking you to do is get your face out of the news. Get your face out of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And open a Bible. Open a Bible and see what God has to say. And you will be amazed. You will be so shocked when you read. You can't deny the facts that are in here. So anyway, the world isn't going to get better. It's waxing worse and worse and worse. It's, it, it's not going to get better at all. It, it, it's just not. And this might be your new normal. It's not mine. It never will be mine. So and if you play in church, and you need to get out of your religion because your religion is not going to save you. Anyway, I want to end by reading Revelation chapter 21. And this is for all of you who are like me right now and you're tired and you're worn. And you cry out to God like Habakkuk and you say, Lord, how long will I have to see this violence? How long? Sorry. How long will I have to see this wickedness in this world? And then God replies and he says, <laughs> Even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. And he will hold them accountable. And there's many people who are going to be faced with a decision if this vaccine, vaccine, vaccine comes out in order to stay employed. You know, they might force a testing on you to stay employed. And I think it was Pastor J.D. Farag who said, don't worry. 
if you are under conviction on that and you don't want to do it, God will provide. We don't know how he will do it, but he will do it. Listen, me personally, on a personal level, I'm reassessing a lot of things right now. Because there's nothing, and I mean this seriously, there's nothing that you see around me that means anything to me. I literally have lost my grip on anything tangible in this world. It means nothing to me. So I'm reassessing a lot of things right now. And one thing I know is that God is going to carry me through the journey. And I pray to God that we are not here much longer. Because this is a sick, satanic world that we're living in right now. And we, as believers in Christ, we don't belong here. This is not our home. And I know sometimes in our earthly minds, we, we don't understand that. We cannot literally grasp heaven because we're flesh, we're human. We don't know, but I know that God is there. I know that my Savior is there. And I know there's coming a day when I'm going to worship around that throne. And I'm going to cast my crown, Lord willing, if I have one, at the feet of my Savior. Nothing else matters to me. And I told someone yesterday that if I get arrested, at least I'll get three squares a day. And God will still protect me. But I am not going to cower in quiet. God is my everything. God is my provider. And that's who I trust. So when we're downtrodden and, and we question and we wonder, like, why are we still here? Like, why aren't we home yet, Lord? I know I ask him that. I want to leave you with this. Because no matter what, this, after the millennial reign, this is what we have to look forward to. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among us, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Verse 4, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying, pain. The first things have passed 
away. Do you see what I'm saying? What we have here, it's all going to pass away. And he said, who sits on the throne said, and he, sorry, who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write for these are the words, for these words are faithful and true. Revelation 22, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. It's time to get ready and to get right with God. Not ready, because if you're saved, you're ready. <laughs> but it's time to get right. If you have religion... It's time to let it go and get a relationship. It's time to let go of the things of this world. It's not going to get easier. Because even after a flood, even after a city was decimated with fire and brimstone, People still sinned immediately after. They didn't listen. They didn't learn. I don't know. Again, I know this isn't a joyful podcast this week, and I'm sorry for that, but I don't know. The mask is the beginning for the mark. And the mark is, it's not going to come while we're here, that's for sure, because the Antichrist has to be on the scene and it's not going to happen the moment he jumps on the scene. So I mean, it may, and then in the middle, maybe it's forced upon people like, hey, you have to have this or else. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to be here. But the stage is set. And God has used this platform for me now on a podcast. And if I get five downloads a week, if I get five listeners, then I get five listeners. I'm not here for popularity. I'm here just to spread a message. And I'm hoping that people are bold enough to share these podcasts. Anyway, that's it for this week. And, uh, Things are going to wax worse and worse. And if you need to reassess and stop being so attached to this world, that's what you need to do. See, because what happens is, is when you're attached to the things of this world and something happens and you don't have something that you're used to having and you've put all your eggs in that basket, whether it be a job or tangible things, the moment it's gone, you get depressed. And guess what? You go into a funk. You make yourself sick. You think you have COVID. It's because you lost everything. And you didn't put your true hope and faith in Christ Jesus. You claim you do. But you really don't. Because that was your whole world. And if you lose it, it's kind of like the parable of the sower, right? You build it on shaky ground. 
the storm comes, the sea comes, and it wipes it all out. But you build it on a firm foundation, no matter what happens. You stand through it. And again, come what may, I have Jesus. And I mean that. Come what may, I have Jesus. And I don't care about the things of this world. So on a side note, since I don't care about the things of this world, and I am reassessing. <laughs> you want to buy anything? Let me know. All right, listen, I'm out of here. Okay. Bye. So hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining on today's episode. And again, I do apologize that it wasn't some uplifting, cheerful episode, but unfortunately, sometimes we just have to be uncomfortable. And I think we're living in the day and age where we have to get uncomfortable in order to be comfortable. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, right here on YouTube, at Life Clips, one word, Life Clips Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Clips Life. And as always, look up for our redemption is drawing near.